Welcome to C-E-Double. I am Bradford Barth, your co-host. And I'm Stephanie Kretz, your host. If you haven't guessed it, we are doing an episode of Twin Peaks today. Yay! Admittedly, the double aspect of this episode is pretty small, but I want to cover a lot of Twin Peaks episodes going forward. And I thought this was kind of a good intro to it without giving away too many crazy spoilery things. I didn't really feel good about jumping right into the season two finale, which is like super doppelganger heavy. Which so. is the next episode. That will probably be the next one we do. No, I'm saying in this, what, it's oh. the next episode after this is no, the season it's not. finale. It's not? No, I meant the season two finale. Oh, season two finale. Sorry. When My it's bad. like, it's very, very, very Black Lodge heavy. You should and... open your ears and listen to things said. <laughs> two does not sound like one. That's okay. I was being a mumbly Joe. Yeah, well, I hope you can carry us really good on this one, because I'm probably going to have a lot of questions. You know, I was going to watch all seven, and I didn't, because I didn't give myself enough time to do so. And I was also going to do that, but I've also seen them all eight bajillion times, so. Well, when I wanted to bring it up, yeah. I've watched one through six, and okay. I hadn't watched seven yet. Okay. It didn't help. I was still lost. Yeah. It had been that long ago. That's, I mean, that's kind of Twin Peaks in general. People will watch all of them, and then they will say, Stephanie, what happened? What, what is this? <laughs> Please explain everything to me. Yeah. And, and I'll be like, sure. Cool. Because I'm crazy. And I've, I kind of cheated with my notes this week because I have written several extensive analyses. Analyses. Analyses of Twin Peaks episodes. So you I wanted kind of, to say analyses, didn't I you? I did, because it sounds fun. <laughs> I knew it was incorrect, but I still wanted to say it. I already had all of these blog posts with extensive notes, like reviews, and also, you know, my thoughts on various things that happened. So I copy and paste it, but then I put them in sequential order because the way I wrote my blog post was like I chunked it out into like these characters are doing this and these characters characters are doing this. So okay. it wasn't in order. So I watched it to rearrange my notes basically and add a couple new things. Oh, very good. And I, I wouldn't <laughs> call it that you cheated. You just used your past research to True. make your current research smoother yes that is true so how do we start this one well because our our double our doppelganger is uh like at the very end of the episode pretty much yeah she she pops in and out but so i guess on the if you have the blu-rays there are these lovely things before every episode where the log lady does an intro and for those of you who don't know who the log lady is she is the lady with the log yes I, I would think that name would be self-evident. I know. It's a joke in the in the pilot, I think. What kind of log? Captain's log? No. It's her husband. What? <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> I really need to finish watching this show. I mean, that's never, ever extensively explained, but I mean, she talks to the log. The log has answers. The log wants to talk to Cooper. Yeah. It has its own little personality. And I believe it is her husband because it's got to be a guy because uh, it's always got wood. Well, her, God damn it. 
Dad joke number one. (laughs) (laughs) But so the log lady's husband died in a fire like the day after they got married. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting he'd come back as a log, something highly flammable. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) It's such a sad story. You're ruining it, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, give us your intro to the log. Uh, (laughs) And... Uh, so her husband died and then she went back to the site of his death and found this log in the debris and took it home and decided it was her husband. And it was an unmaimed log, I'm assuming? It was. Like this log pillow I have right here. No, that kind of looks maimed. (laughs) By my head. Because I've laid on it when I watch Sookie. True. The the log lady brings us into every episode. Yes. On the Blu-rays, at least. On the Blu-rays. Not on my Netflix run. No. Unfortunately, she is missing from the Netflix one, but I think she, you can watch all of these on YouTube, so. And was this stuff that was filmed after the fact? No, it was for the episodes. I'm just not, I don't know if they aired them on ABC, like when they originally played the episodes. Right. But they give kind of, they give a lot of little clues to what's going to happen in the log lady way. So I appreciate those. Hmm, I'm going to have to look into this now. Yeah. So here's what she says at the beginning of this episode, which is episode seven, season one, realization time. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, yet there are those who open many eyes. Eyes are the mirror of the soul, someone has said. So we look closely at the eyes to see the nature of the soul. Sometimes when we see the eyes, these horrible times when we see the eyes, eyes that have no soul, then we know a darkness, then we wonder. Where is the beauty? There is none if the eyes are soulless. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty spooky. To give a very general background of where we are when this episode opens. So, obviously, the story of Twin Peaks is about Laura Palmer, who was murdered. That's basically the opening of this whole show. Her body washes up on a beach, and Agent Cooper from the FBI comes to Twin Peaks to try and solve her murder. And wacky town hijinks ensue. Audrey is a high school student. She gets a crush on Agent Cooper. Laura's best friend, Donna, and her boyfriend, James. They're trying to investigate it and try and figure out who killed her. But then they fall in love at the same time. Or they already were in love. I don't know. It's a whole thing. And Laura's cousin, Maddie, also comes to town for her funeral and to kind of stay with Laura's parents, Sarah and Leland, to comfort him or to comfort them. And if you don't know, Maddie is the same actress as Laura Palmer. They just really liked Cheryl Lee a lot. So they were like, how can we get her back? Oh, no, we already killed her. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to bring somebody so back when they're dead. they brought her back as a brunette and she plays Maddie and Maddie's a little bit mousy and she's cute and I love her. Okay. Anyway, so. So did they dye her? Do you know any trivia on that? Did they dye like, her hair? Or I'm going to say they wig? dyed her hair. Because it looks like she's it wearing a wig at the end. It's She's wearing a wig at the end. Over her regular hair. Okay. Because when she's Laura, she's her hair is blonde. When she's right. Maddie, I'm pretty sure it's her real hair that's brunette. So okay, that's my personal opinion. If you have a different one, I don't really care. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Karen Gilgariff. Karen Gilgariff, dear. <laughs> so when we open the episode, we left off right at the end, which was Audrey is very distraught about Laura, and also she's in love with Agent Cooper. So she go. She wants, doesn't know how to get his attention. She's trying and trying and trying. So she thinks that going to his hotel room and undressing and hiding under his covers until he comes back is the way to do that. Okay. 
did you did you, did you watch this episode i did okay you look very can you're like i was confused through the whole episode okay. <laughs> pipe in with any questions as we go okay please and thank you tell me about the first six episodes <laughs> <laughs> i need to go back and watch them i will kind of explain like we, things we as run we go, into them going to a casino as yeah. the something boys and the I book was house just, boys yeah i was just gone from there okay Oh, and apparently at the end of six, or I'm assuming at the end of episode six, there is a guest in uh, Agent Cooper's room waiting for him. That's Audrey. I just explained all of that. Yes. See, I was lost. Even now. You poor, precious child. (laughs) I am a poor, precious child. So, Audrey is naked in Cooper's bed. Um, She's just beside herself trying to figure out how to get close to Cooper. So this is my fun little analysis that I wrote from my blog post. I'm just kind of reading over. I think Laura's death is affecting her deeper than she realizes, even if they weren't that close. So she's starting to become as reckless as Laura in her decisions. Okay. Nailed it. So Laura hooked up with Cooper before Cooper came there? No. (laughs) Oh, she tried to. That's right. It wasn't successful. Laura didn't know Cooper. (laughs) God damn it. She hooked up with a damn fine cup of coffee. I mean, we all do. All right. (laughs) Nope. Laura Palmer had a very colorful life. Is is this all in the first six episodes? No, this is in the movie more than anything. Okay, because I was going to say... I'm going to list all of the things Laura Palmer did. She was the stiff in episode one. Yes, Laura Palmer did a lot of cocaine. Laura Palmer was dating James. Laura Palmer in secret. Laura Palmer was dating Bobby in the world, out in the world. She was also a prostitute at Black Eye... Sex worker. Uh, one-eyed. Sorry, a sex worker. Thank you. You're welcome. A sex worker at One-Eyed Jacks. She worked at the perfume counter. Uh, I assume, considering that's how Audrey got there. Right. She worked for Meals on Wheels for the Double R Diner. That's nice. She tutored Josie in English. Josie okay. is Harry's girlfriend and also the owner of the Packers Sawmill. She also tutored Johnny, Audrey's disabled brother. Okay. She. Is this was movie before the TV series? Homecoming Queen. No, it's a, it takes place at, I mean, it's a prequel, but it was released after the show was over. So if I wanted to watch this and Do have not more watch s- the prequel before. So okay. Because they reveal the murderer. In the movie. In the movie. It's the last seven days of Laura's life. Okay. That's what the movie does. And also there are things from the season two finale in Firewalk With Me. So you should definitely not watch it until you have finished the whole series. And also you have to watch it before you watch season three. Because season three is very similar to Firewalk with me. So season one, season two, movie, the current three. stuff. Yes. But yeah, so yeah, Laura was very busy. Sounds like it. And she had a lot going on. So, you know, that's just how it goes. Sorry, people are texting me and I had to put my phone on. Do not disturb. <laughs> yep, I forgot to do that before I hit record um, too. I did that as well. Yeah. So, where, where am I? Okay, so she wants to busy bang with Cooper. I mean, don't we all? Because he is very handsome. But he is just too good of a guy to take advantage of her in her sad state. Right. She's also like crying and she's just like, I don't know what to do. He's in love with another lady. He talks to her daily on a tape recorder. Aw, Diane. Yep. This is not canon. I just made that up just now. It's a good, it was a good assumption. Is it? I'm not sure if it's true or not. Oh, we don't know yet? I'm not going to say anything. Ooh, okay. He obviously finds Audrey very attractive because she's very cute and she has the best eyebrows in the universe. Yep, and she's got a cute little uh, beauty mark on her cheek. Yes, she does. But he says, what I want and what I need are two different things, which there's a line in season three where something similar is said. And those of you who have seen season three will know what I'm talking about. Right. But I'm not going to say it because it's too spoilery. Thank you. 
He says, when a man joins the Bureau, he takes an oath to uphold certain values, values that he's sworn to live by. This is wrong, Audrey. We both know it. I like you very much. You're beautiful, intelligent, desirable. You're everything a man wants in his life. But what you need right now more than anything is a friend, someone who listen. Now I'm going to go down and get us two malts and some fries. Then I want you to tell me all your troubles. God, he's so cute. I love him so he much. He is. Isn't she in high school during she's this? She's 18, yeah. Oh, okay. But she's in high school, even though they don't really ever go back to high school, except for the very first episode when they're in high school. Gotcha. So, of course, presumably they hang out in his bed and she gets dressed and they eat ice cream and talk all night, which right. is adorable. It's pretty adorable. So the next morning, back at the sheriff's station, which I have been to physically with my body, walked, I'm sorry. walked what was around the, it. What was the uh, charge? <laughs> was it public indecency? <laughs> Failure to finish a damn fine cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. Okay. <laughs> no. None no. of those things. Attempted murder of a piece of pie. I was like, I'm gonna not laugh as much as episode. I just laughed for a solid minute. Okay. <laughs> it's my <clears throat> fault. What can I say? <laughs> I went to visit the filming location of the sheriff station, which is now a dirt racing school. What? Wow. <laughs> okay. Dirt car then, racing. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you definitely were not arrested. No. Because I don't think they keep cells in dirt racing schools. <laughs> nope. Or do they? But it looks exactly the same. You're too clean. We're putting you in a cell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so. Andy and Lucy are having some relationship troubles. Andy is a deputy and he's adorable, dorky doof. And I love yep. him also. And Lucy is this receptionist and she's precious and I love her. She's great. I'm just going to tell Loved her I on love SNL. everyone except Leo who's garbage. So that's She was on SNL, right? Lucy? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I loved her on Maybe. SNL. Maybe. I don't remember. I love her in all the movies she's in. She's so cute. Unfortunately, she's been typecast as the... Uh, no, you're thinking of someone else. I know what you're thinking of. You're thinking of uh, Victoria Jackson, I think. Okay. They look very similar. Continuing onward. Anyway, so she keeps shutting him out and he just doesn't understand why. And then she receives a call from what sounds like a doctor. And that is confirmed when Coop asks how she's feeling or if she's feeling any better because she was out the day before. One would surmise that pushing Andy away and also having news from a doctor could mean some sort of... She was pregnant and she lost the baby. That's what I thought. Okay. Did I win? I'm not going to... Okay. I'm not going to confirm nor deny. Do they answer it? Yes. Okay. Then I will continue watching this show. Also, fun fact, I sat at that desk. Did you really? I did. Did you answer the phone? I picked up the phone. And you said? Nothing because there was no one on the other end. You didn't even try to play? Nobody called. I picked up the phone before it rang to pose with the phone. But then you should have like been like... But it's not the sheriff's station anymore. I know, but nobody was on the other line. The perfect time to play around. I did play. I just didn't talk. People were taking photos of me. I see. Was it the same phone? Mm, it might have been the phone from the new season. Did they keep a little radio there? Mm. Oh, it's right, because they were back there. Yeah. Ooh. Now I want to watch the new stuff. <laughs> See if I can find dirts racing track school stuff. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. So yeah, I, we walked around the station and I asked if I could sit at the desk and they were like, give us a second. And then they were like, do you want to play Lucy now? And I was like, yes. 
<laughs> it was very cute. They know it. And I was, and I sat, I sat down at the desk, and then I picked up the phone, and she was like, "You can pick up the oh, okay, you got it, you know what you're doing." <laughs> I was like, "Of course, I've planned this photo already." I am obsessed. Meanwhile, Doc Hayward and Harry S. Truman, sorry, Sheriff Harry S. Truman. Thank you. I thought we were going to be talking about the president for some reason now. Who is so hot, anyway, uh, are trying to get the minor bird they found in Jacques' cabin in the woods to speak up. But it's too traumatized and um, from its lack of care to really give them any anything at the moment. Yep. Poor Waldo. Poor Waldo. They desperately need to start squawking soon since it would give them some hints about Laura's murder since the bird is the number one witness in the case. Mm-hmm. And a mimic. Yes. Coop has uh, some, new f- some new photo evidence from the film reel he also found in Jacques' cabin. It's of Waldo on a blonde's shoulder, and he surmises that that is Laura. Oh, that's pretty good. Coop then leaves his recorder with Waldo to see if it, he might say anything when he's left alone, since the device is voice activated. Yeah, I did not. When was this show done? 1990. Okay. It was I guess. filmed in 89, released in 90. I guess there is voice activated stuff back then. I suppose. Mm-hmm. I really don't know, but I'm going to assume that the technology exists. Yeah. To start a tape recorder when somebody starts talking. I mean, seems like it existed back then. Probably did. So, they decide to check out One-Eyed Jacks. A good job for the bookhouse boys, one of them says. I think. Which is a casino. One-Eyed Jacks is a casino. Okay. Yes. Slash brothel. Oh, okay. That would explain why all the women were scantily dressed yes at shelly and leo's house Mm -hmm. so a little background about those two do you need that probably yeah (laughs) i do okay our listeners might not so brad thank you shelly um dropped out of school to marry leo as you do in the 90s and unfortunately shelly works at the double r diner unfortunately as soon as they got married, Leo completely changed and became a wife-beating piece of shit. Okay. As you do in so, the 90s. Despite the fact that Bobby was dating Laura Palmer, um, he was secretly having an affair with Shelly. Or Shelly was also secretly having an affair with Bobby. And Shelly was a friend of Laura? I think Shelly knew Laura, but I don't think they were close in any way. Okay, good. But Leo was also boning Laura too so every like literally everyone okay was kind of boning laura in some way <laughs> it gotcha. feels like there's a lot let's say james bobby well i don't did james oh yeah they did okay never mind well you did say she had a racy past she did have a very racy past so it's understandable bobby leo jacques ben horn there's probably more okay anyway how's this all related to the greece universe that's my real question you know, the one guy had the T-Birds jacket. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> it had a T on the back, and it was a leather jacket. It's true. I don't think Bobby, I love Bobby, but he's too much of a dork to be. Okay. A member of John Travolta's crew. Gotcha. Let's be real. Moving on. Not enough grease in his hair. No. God, Bobby's so cute. Sorry, I am just love all these boys. <laughs> Except Leo, who is terrible. And he has his uh, his gun trained on Bobby, who is sneaking into his house. Yes, all right. and that was a really good. And she transition. shot Leo, right? Yes. Before this, 
Leo had come home and he was mad at Shelly, so he tried to, he was getting ready to beat her, so she shot him in the arm, so she didn't even get him that well. It's like, girl, aim for the face. Hey, you know, a bullet everywhere hurts. At least I'm told. But it doesn't always do the trick. It Well, yeah. That's why. I mean, the trick of death. (laughs) Well, I hope not. Get shot in the arm and you die. I mean, we're not in the 1600s here. I just mean gets infected. Her intention was probably you to kill him. Then they have to take off your arm, and, and you probably die from the yeah. procedure because it's the 1600s, right? And germs don't exist yet, so far as we know. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank you, Sawbones. Yes. So Bobby visits Shelley, and she's all stressed out because she thought she killed him. Oh no, no, she thinks he's going to kill her. Yeah, thank you. There we um, go. I, I knew something. Good job. Yes. So proud of you. One part I wasn't confused about. And even though, and but he still has like a sniper rifle trained on them, ready to take them out when they come, or at least ready to take Bobby out when I he comes back out. I wouldn't call it a sniper rifle. It was probably a hunting rifle I mean, he with was a looking sight. through. Okay, fine. You know, sniper Excuse rifles me. are much cooler. They have little legs to sit on so you can hide and shoot people from afar. I don't even think he was that far. Away. He was up on a hill. Yeah, how did they not notice him there? His giant truck was there. You, when you're not looking, you're not looking. Yeah, I guess Bobby had one very specific thing on his mind. So He is ready to take Bobby out, but then he hears Lucy talking over the police scanner he has about how they have a talking bird in their possession, so he decides not to and yeah, goes so to do something else. Very confusing part for me there. Why was she talking about this over the radio? Or was she just sort of leaning on the button while she was talking to somebody? She was probably talking to, I don't know, good question. Isn't it? It's one of those continuity things that makes no sense. Everybody in the police station knew they had Waldo. I mean, maybe she was telling someone else. There's a lot of gags that about Lucy not understanding how phones work and how radios work, so that could be part of it. Okay. See? Now it all makes sense. Yeah. She was just doing the CB thing. Yes. I wonder what her handle was. Big L? Big L. Lucy Lou? El Elmo, because she's Lucy Moran. Ooh, there you go. Elmo. Elmo. No voices, Brad. Sorry. I will lose it. <laughs> not in a bad way. I will just not be able to stop laughing. So back to our little three detectives who think they're the coolest shit on the block, Donna, James, and Maddie. Yes. And um, if by being detective you mean they noticed there was a tape box with no tape in it. Yes. We ate a way to go. Yeah. They're kind of. I can do that at home. They're kind of. Uh, oh, look. There's no tape in this one. There must have been a tape in it at some point. (laughs) I bet you we could find that tape. They should work for the FBI with Cooper. (laughs) So they found this tape uh, in Laura's bedpost of her recording herself for Dr. Jacoby, who was her psychiatrist. So I'm going to, do you want me to say the tape? If you want, yeah, go nuts. What's up, Doc? Just a few words before I go to sleep. I feel like I'm going to dream tonight. Big bad ones, you know, the kind you like. It's easier talking into the recorder. I guess I feel like I can say anything. All my secrets. The naked ones. I know you like those, Doc. I know you like me, too. That'll be my little secret, okay? Just like your coconut. (laughs) (laughs) So he likes pina coladas and getting cold in the rain. Oh, man. (laughs) Why? Can't even keep a straight face on her own words. I can't do the rest. (laughs) I was doing so well. Why is it it's so 
Why is it so easy to make men like me and I don't even have to try very hard? Maybe if it was harder, dot 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 at the end. So this brings these geniuses to a plan, which is... The doctor has the tape. The doctor has the tape from the day Laura died. So how about Maddie dress up like Laura and trick him into leaving his house so they can sneak in and get the tape? Foolproof. Sounds like a solid plan. Yeah, solid plan. Words speak them correctly. So yes. Audrey seems to be feeling a little bit better after her ice cream and chats with Agent Cooper. Yes. Um, She's working the perfume counter at uh, Horn's department store and kind of pissing off some old ladies with her sassiness and her very unhelpful perfume advice. Yeah. It seems like her confidence has been restored a little bit. Well, that's good. See, Cooper fixed her, sort of. Cooper fixes everything because he's magic. Okay. I love him. I didn't know. He's not literally magic. Oh. Well, he might Well, then be. why Who would knows? you lie to me like that? That's so mean of you. Sorry. Her boss is asking her coworker, Jenny, to come by for a chat, but she sneaks away to the offices for they do and hides in the closet. So she overhears this gross old man give Jenny a crystal unicorn, and he starts talking about the club, air quote. Right. And how she needs to continue working there because not many girls qualify, and you know, it's totally up to her what she wants to do she could just be a hospitality girl it's just such a lucrative opportunity i just wondered during that whole scene how much smoking happens in that office that she could be in that closet with slats in the door smoking a cigarette and nobody catches that scent audrey tends to hide in these little crawl spaces like that like closets and in between the walls at her house and no one ever notices her there's a time where she was like listening in on a conversation. I think she was like full on sobbing at some point. Yeah. And no one noticed. No one, no one heard. At all. Must be nice to be invisible. It's sometimes. kind of like, oh my God, I feel like I bring up Riverdale every week. But <laughs> that crazy episode that happened last week, the same one with the confirmation scene. Archie was spying on someone and he was like, got up on a toilet and he looked through a window and it was like these giant slats. Like yeah. his face was not obscured at all. Right. Like he could have easily just listened to them without yeah. looking Doing that. out the window. But it's not as good for up. TV. I mean, it looked beautiful. Like the, yeah, the neon lights cascading across his face. It's all about the visual when it comes to TV. Anyway. Unlike us with our audio. I mean, Audrey looked very pretty with the little, you know, lights cascading across her face from yes. the slats. This is very beautiful. Yes. So, this guy probably gave the same speech to Laura, Palmer, and Ronette Pulaski. Okay. Uh, I assume so, considering they once worked at the perfume counter and they became sex workers at One-Eyed Jacks. Right. It would seem that that would be the uh, I think that's just the the pathway. It's perfume counter to old man to One-Eyed Jacks. Gotcha. He gives Jenny a card that has the contact info for someone named Black Rose. There you go. Back Um, at the, yes? The Marvel villain you never heard about. (laughs) Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Back at the Double R Diner, Hank, who is Norma's husband on parole, is back. We don't like him either. Okay. He's not as bad as Leo, but he's pretty bad. Because he is on parole, as I learned in the scene there. But he's also trying to mess up Norma and Ed, who are my number one OTP of the whole Twin Peaks universe. So you're saying he's a dirt human being? He is. Granted, Norma and Hank are married, and she's kind of having a teeny tiny affair with Ed, 
But Ed and Norma belong together. They've been high school sweethearts. And then due to unfortunate circumstances, both of them ended up marrying different people. Are there anybody in this show not having an affair with somebody in this show? Besides Cooper, of course, because he's got a very specific need. I would say Harry is not having any affairs. He's just dating Josie. He likes Josie. He's the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Josie's the woman that owns the lumber mill. Yes. Gotcha. What is shenanigans? That's something she says. That's my favorite line from her entire world. Gotcha. <laughs> Shelly tells him that Ed's been a really big help to Norma while he was in jail, and he's just like, oh, really? <laughs> so he's got some little info now. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Coop and Harry come visit the diner. This is another place I've been and hung out at twice. Yes, I saw your, your photos. Yep. And your pictures of a damn fine cup of coffee. The coffee and pie are very good. Are they really? The pie is so good. Must be the water. Maybe. Also, the burgers and fries. They have unlimited fries, which Why you don't need you unlimited want? fries, yeah. oh. but they're so good. That just sounds I like couldn't a bad even idea. finish my one helping of unlimited fries. Wow. <laughs> But they made them from real potatoes, so they're real good fries. Well, I think all fries are made from real potatoes. I know, but like a lot of them have a lot of processes and... You know, preservatives. Preservatives, all that junk, but it's like... And they're pre-cut and fries. Are you saying they cut them in the place? I think they cut them in the place. Like, they have the potatoes and they cut them in the place and fry them. Nice. You could do that here, too, you know. You don't have to go all the way over there. I'd rather go to the Double R Diner and have them do it for me. Okay. We couldn't go to where you'd want to... Where I could take you to get that done. It'd be bad. Where is it? Gene and Jude's. What's that? It's a hot dog stand. They do fresh cut fries. Oh, I'm not allowed to eat Chicago hot dogs because I don't like actual things on my hot dog except ketchup, and that's not allowed, apparently. And they don't allow that at that place, exactly. You ask for ketchup, they show you the door. Actually, I think now they give you packets, but they refuse to have ketchup in a, uh, in a squeeze bottle. So stupid. At least when I was there, they didn't ketchup have ketchup purists, in a squeeze bottle. Or hot dog purists. Okay, moving forward. So at the diner... As much as I'd love to talk about hot dogs and the uh-huh. fine sausage meats that they are. <laughs> so, Harry gives Hank a nice talking to about how he better watch himself since he's just on parole. He's not a free man yet. Hank is very unperturbed by this warning since he's scamming on Harry's lady on the side. Or he's doing something with Josie on the side that remains to be seen. He has something like on her. To me. Yeah. yeah, he has something on her. Um... I have a note that just says, what a douche. (laughs) I don't like Hank. Just leave these nice folks be, man. Coop can see that Harry is a little annoyed, so he suggests they take a load off and have a cup of coffee. Then he says one of my other favorite lines here, which is, Harry, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Don't plan it. Don't wait for it. Just let it happen. Could be a new shirt at the men's store, a catnap in your office chair. Or two cups of good, hot, black coffee. Why would you want a cat napping in your office chair? I mean, what if you need to sit down? (laughs) Sookie sits in my office chair all the time. Yeah, see? And do you like that? Do you find that to be a present? I think it's cute. Oh, it's just what I wanted. I just gave myself a vitamin water as a present. That's a free ad you just gave them. You're welcome, vitamin water. I'm drinking water. You can send the check to P.O. Box. I haven't done it yet, and I will maybe when we have more listeners. (laughs) <laughs> yeah listeners if we have a p.o box you have to send us two of everything because we're double podcasts <laughs> that's not true <laughs> i also have that quote that cooper quote hanging in my kitchen to remind myself 
Do you really? I do. It's above my stove. You can go look at it later. I will. It's a very cute little print. It has like a little tape recorder and a slice of pie and coffee. I believe you said it wrong. It has a damn fine cup of coffee. Excuse me. Yes. And Indeed. isn't it a damn fine slice of pie as well? Do I remember mm, that? No, it's just damn fine cup of coffee. I thought he said the pie was really good too. He does say the pie is very good. Okay. He Works wants to write a poem. Of, oh wait, no, that's Gordon Cole. Cole. Gordon Cole wants to write a poem about the pie. Anyway, back at the perfume counter, Audrey pretend, pretends like she also got a crystal unicorn after swiping the one Jenny left in the office. I think that she's the one that should be the undercover detective here, not... Bum, bum, Not bum. the stupid, terrible trio of idiots. Yes. <laughs> Minus Maddie, because I love Maddie. Okay. Okay. I just want to be clear. I'm not insulting my precious Maddie. Well, you just called them a trio of idiots. I mean, that together, mean they're not Maddie. great. Maddie alone is fine. Together, it's a bad combo. You could have called it a duo of idiots plus Maddie. Okay, fine. Trio of geniuses. Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. I don't know. <laughs> There's only... Anyway. Yeah, it's two girls and a guy, yeah. right? Two girls, a guy, and a missing cassette tape every Wednesday <laughs> on Fox at 7. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good grief. It was on ABC. <laughs> That's why this one's on Fox. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a spinoff where they Not just really. look for a tape the whole time. It's just a bad idea for a TV sitcom. Um, she bamboozles sweet, innocent Jenny into giving her the number for Black Rose, claiming that she lost the number. And Jenny, of course, gives it to her. Yep. And I don't think we ever see Jenny ever again unless she's somehow at One-Eyed Jackson. I just never noticed her before. In the background. Yeah. Gotcha. We get a little random scene of Nadine, who is Ed's wife. Um, Ed is Nor- Norma's secret lover man, and Nadine is his wife. Um, Nadine she, has the patch over her eye? She has the eye patch. Okay. She's very depressed because <coughs> she was trying to create uh, the world's first silent drape runner. But her patent was rejected. Big Ed tries to tries and fails to comfort her again and again. But she's got her bonbons and her invitation to love soap opera on TV. So I guess that's all she needs. Yep. Moving on to the Packard house. Thank you. Packard slash Martell home. Harry uh. is very concerned about Josie and goes to the home she shares with the Martells. Yep. Pete, who is. They have all the gold. I mean, kind of. They're like the rich family of Twin Peaks. Besides, you know this already. Besides uh, the horns. Yeah. Well, they come all, you know, their past is very well known. We've watched it on the Game of Thrones, so we know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> are, they the, are you saying they're the, like the Lannisters? <laughs> no, they're the Martells. Oh, the Martells. Oh, I get it. I thought that was a very on the nose thing. No, there. I was not. Not there My at brain all, is huh? so in, in like in depth in Twin Peaks right now. It does not understand you anything You forgot the else. Martells have the gold. I did completely forget that. <laughs> Because they're just so separate to me. <laughs> yep. Don't trust the Martells. They might poison you. It's true. Catherine Martell would probably be a very good foil to Lady Elena. Cool. So where were we? You're just <laughs> you don't want to explore that more? Nope. <laughs> you have no idea. I don't. We, I just want to you know, stay on track a bit. Fine. You know, we, we, we segue. We'll go forever. I know. Pete Martell's being his usual doofus self and showing his fish off to Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just there to see Josie, so he's just kind of humoring him. And the pussycats? I'm not dignifying this. <laughs> I already talked about Archie. You had your chance. <laughs> uh, he asks her, he asks, Harry asks Josie why she was at the hotel the other day, 
Um, she confesses that she took pictures of Ben Horn and Catherine Martell having an affair together um, to find proof that they were trying to take the mill away from her. This is a whole complicated side plot that I'm not going to get into. This also, whole show I, to me right now is a complicated side <laughs> plot. <laughs> Just also, saying. I hate Josie. Okay, but not the Pussycats. No, I love Josie and the Pussycats. Okay. I hate Josie Packard. Of course. Because she does not treat Harry S. Truman properly, and he is a good person, and he deserves to be treated well. All right. And she is a... V- Which one's Josie again? Josie is the Asian woman. Oh, okay. who owns the mill? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Continue. She's beautiful, but evil. Ooh. Ooh. She's like a Black Widow, but not Black Widow from Avengers. Anyway. Now the Bookhouse Boys are getting ready for their mission to One-Eyed Jacks. Why are they called the Bookhouse Boys? That is just their nickname from forever ago. So these two know each other from the past. Everybody went to school, high school together. So Cooper's Hawk. from no, 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 no. Cooper's the one calling him the Bookhouse Boys? Yeah, that, because he was already initiated into the Bookhouse Boys a couple episodes ago. Okay. He was not originally from the Bookhouse Boys. Gotcha. If you give me one second, I will figure out the origin of the name. All right. I didn't realize this would be a question. Note to self, Brad. Edit this part out. I'll probably leave it in, though. Never know. Who knows? This exciting... Turn of events. This is our new segment. Stephanie Googles it. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. I'm going to read you the Wikipedia page for the Bookhouse Plus. Thank you. Following an enlistment surge in the town brought about by a screening of the film 49th Parallel, the Citizens Brigade was formed in the 1940s to defend Twin Peaks prior to the United States entry into World War II. Among the founders was Sheriff Frederick Truman, whose sons, Frank and Harry, would succeed him as sheriff and become members of the Bookhouse Boys, by which the name the group soon began to be known. That was a very complicated sentence. Yes. Like the Freemasons, they had their own secret gesture, a stroke with a finger on the temple. They derived their name from their meeting place, the Bookhouse, a building full of books, which contained a bar and cafe where members could make their own drinks. As of 1984, the Bookhouse was run by Big Jake Morrissey. It was largely a wooden structure with many alcoves and old furniture. It is said to have been built in the 1940s or 50s. Awesome. Okay, so the Bookhouse Boys are going to One-Eyed Jacks. Yes, indeed. Cooper offers up a briefcase full of mustaches and wigs so they can disguise themselves for the trip, which is adorable. Yep. Before the boys can head out, however, Waldo starts saying, Laura? Laura? But a shot rings out through the window, or a shot rings out through the station through the window, uh, by none other than Garbage Leo Johnson. Yes. He has killed poor little Waldo. Poor Waldo. Poor Waldo. I would, that made me sad. It did. It's very sad. For both Waldo and the donuts positioned near Waldo. Yeah, because they got all bloody and... They did. Covered in feathers. I almost said yep. fur, and then I was like, that's not correct. It was a foul murder. <gasps> <laughs> Pun totally intended. <laughs> that was good. Um, they play the recording back. Uh, when I first listened to this, it gave me, like, nightmares. <laughs> It's just really creepy. It gave me goosebumps. Yeah. It's just going like, Laura, Laura, don't go there. Hurting me. Stop it. Leo, no. Like over and over again. I was shook, as the cool kids say. Yep. So Leo's the murderer. Well, that's going to do it for us today on <laughs> Sing Double. 
Mystery solved. Don't even need the rest of it, I think, right? Nope, you're good. Alrighty. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you even know who the murderer is? I have no idea. Awesome. Cool. I'm glad you think so. No, I think it's cool because that reveal is like something you can only experience once in your life. Exactly. Because once you, I mean, obviously, (laughs) you can't experience it again. Like that time Uh, I accidentally watched episode ten of Westworld, and I realized I watched the last episode. Oops! And there was no mystery for the first nine episodes for me. That's really sad, isn't it? One time I accidentally watched when I was watching True Blood for the first time. I watched episode seven, and it starts with Bill and Sookie like boning, and I was like, "Whoa, they got to this real quick." Yep. (laughs) DVRs. I swear. Um, Push one button wrong and you're in the wrong way. Yep. So I'm just saying the reveal is just so worth it and terrifying. So keep watching your time. Keep watching. I believe it's episodes. I think it's episode seven of season two. Yes. (laughs) You're really like, get on track, lady, today. There's not so there's not much they can do about um, Waldo at this point. Except that we have confirmation that Leo was definitely there the night Laura died. Now they need to track down Jacques, who they believe is at One-Eyed Jacks. So they arrive there, and Big Ed looks... Can we go back to there's not much they can do about Waldo? Yes. I mean, it's a bullet and a bird. (laughs) And it wasn't a very big bird. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) What is your point? What do you think is going to (laughs) happen? A little bird surgeon's going to come out and sew him up? (laughs) Fix him? Give him a little blood transfusion. God damn. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Poor Waldo. Oh, man. <laughs> my highlighter's burning my eyeballs. I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard. Laughter hurts. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh... They, ar- they arrive at One-Eyed Jacks, and Big Ed looks very silly in his giant wig and porn stash that he's, got ro- that he's rocking. Yeah, he's rocking it. Um, Coop's disguise is just a pair of glasses, because apparently he thinks he's Superman and he can get away with that. Well, he's also wearing a tuxedo. <sighs> yeah, I guess. But he wears, like, a normal suit every day. It's not that different. It Well, it's gotta be. I've Granted, seen they a are lot in of- Canada now, so I've seen a lot of CIA, well. FBI movies to know that they have no class when it comes to their suits. Coop looks very dapper in his suit all the time. Thank okay. you very much. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to rip on Cooper for you. Never rip on Cooper. I will never rip on Cooper. He's a precious angel. He's a precious baby angel. I'm so sorry. Precious baby angle. Didn't mean to do it. Um, I lost. I lost my spot. That's when you're supposed to go. Okay. Blackie appears and she is Ben Horn's brothel buddy. She approaches them, and Big Ed gets his flirt on to a kind of a silly degree. I can't remember what he said, but it was very funny, so go watch it. I did. I I'm remember. saying everyone else, go oh, watch it. sorry. Okay. And they decide to go out to gamble and get a lay of the land. Meanwhile. And Cooper seems very excited to gamble. He is. Well, he's got $1,000 burn, or maybe $10,000. Minus 300 that he gave to Big yeah. Ed. $10,000 from the bureau, ready to burn on the blackjack table. And he always likes to walk away with a 20% profit. Yep. Means he's good with numbers. Boom, boom, boom. I love Cooper. Maddie sneaks out of the house to meet James and Donna. Mm-hmm. 
And Leland is sitting on the couch and he sees her leave and he looks kind of sad. Yes. And then Maddie gets out of the car and she has a blonde wig on. And as she approaches James, the Laura theme plays and it makes so me is Maddie, emotional. Is Maddie her sister? Maddie's her cousin. Cousin, okay. Mm-hmm. She is from Missoula, Montana, because which that... is also where David Lynch is, grew up. Oh, cool. Fun fact. That is a fun fact. So, because that is her dad that she walked by. It's, no, that was, it's, Le- that was Laura Palmer's Laura's dad. Laura's dad, yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Maddie's family's in Missoula. Gotcha. Missoula? Missoula? Whatever. It's something. Miz- I'm Starts with Missoula. M and ends with La. Yep. It really seems as though Laura has come back to life because she looks like Laura. Okay. And she's wearing her clothes and a wig. Well, she is Laura. I mean, it's the same person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's got to be like she's there for real. Audrey goes to One-Eyed Jacks to apply for a position so she can find out even more about Laura. Okay. She is so determined to help Cooper that now she's going into some very dangerous territory. Yes, I would say so. Jesus Christ, girlfriend. But she nails that interview. She does. She uses a fake name and resume, even though Blackie is totally not convinced of that stuff. Right. But then Audrey ties the cherry stem with her tongue and sold. Yep. I didn't know that that trick worked on women from women. Yeah. I think Blackie swings both ways. Cool. She's adventurous. She is. That's just me. Blackie. Editorializing. Is it Blackie or Black Widow? It's Blackie. Who was Black Widow? There was no Black Widow. I called Josie a Black Widow. Oh, okay. A Black Widow, like the term from the past. Gotcha. It makes me very sad that she's looking so hard for Cooper and he's right there. Well, you know, he's wearing those glasses. She can't see him. She can't tell. She can't tell. <laughs> oh, here, here's another, another double aspect. They're in disguises, so they're being There other you go. People. Look at that. Boom. Bam. Amazing what a wig and a fake stash will do for you. <laughs> and then Maddie's wearing a wig. Good times. Maddie calls Jacoby, pretending to be... Oh, wait. Before that, Coop is on the blackjack table, and he's killing it. And then the dealer changes, and bam, it's Jacques Renal. Exactly who he was looking for. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you know who Jacques Renault is? A French guy. That is true. I win. He, <laughs> he's also the owner of the cabin where they found everything. Okay. And he was there that night. Gotcha. That Laura died. They know that for sure? I think they are assuming that because it was Jacques' cabin. Gotcha. Doesn't mean you have to be there. True. Can now you, we're back to the phone. Can you hear them vacuuming? I mean, I hear it above my head. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure it wasn't. And when we're talking, it'll probably be in the sound. Oh, okay. Like the ambulance from last week. Oh, yeah. So Maddie calls Jacoby, pretending to be Laura, even using her, what's up, Doc, phrase. Yep. He's not buying it. He's like, thinks someone's playing a practical joke on him, which they are. Yep. Jerks. I think this is really mean. Then they tell him that he needs to go to the door. Yes. And he finds a videotape. Do you kids know what one of those are? One of those is? It's a DVD, right? No. <laughs> you gotta take the videotape and put it in a special player called the VCR. What? And you press play and the thing comes on your TV. So video re- VCR stands for video cassette replayer. Maybe. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. No, it's a recorder. <laughs> okay. <sighs> um, he sees... Who he thinks is Laura holding the newspaper from today, from yep. that day. And he is, he is shook. Shook as the cool kids say. Yeah. What 3D movie was he watching before this? <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> He's just cool, man. He his life is 3D. <laughs> no, there is no explanation for why he wears those glasses. They're just funky and cool because yeah, he's a cool dude. One lens is red or orange. One lens is blue. <laughs> he was watching Avatar in 3D. <laughs> the old school one. Uh. Ugh. So now he's intrigued. Now he's very intrigued. Bobby, however, is passing by and sees the detective trio with Maddie disguised as Laura. But then there's someone even behind Bobby watching Bobby watching Laura. And they're breathing very heavily. (sighs) Like that. Jacoby rushes out to meet Laura. By the gazebo. Because he figured that out from the tape. By the gazebo. And James and Donna sneak into his apartment to search for the missing cassette tape. Bobby uh, puts some thing in James's gas tank. Yes, it looked like a thing of what I would imagine is drugs. It is. It's cocaine. Okay. When I first saw this episode, I thought it was like sand and he was trying to blow him up. <laughs> well, then you would just dump it in there and it would wreck the engine. I didn't realize that. But when I first watched this, I thought Bobby was trying to kill James and blow up his motorcycle. I didn't realize it was cocaine. It would just seize the engine, really. It doesn't. I mean, it wrecks it. I thought these he, guys are in high school, right? Yes. What parent in their right mind gives their kid a Harley Davidson? I mean, sweet James bike. doesn't have parents. His mom's an alcoholic, and his dad's not there. And his so he lives with Big Ed and Nadine, who are his aunt and uncle. And, and Big they Ed gave runs him a, a gas. Big Ed, Big Ed runs a gas farm. Yeah, or it's called Big Ed's gas farm. He runs a gas station, so he he probably like built it for him or something. A Harley. Yeah. Okay. I wish I had a Harley. Go get one. I'm not in high school. I can't have one, apparently. <laughs> so, as Jacoby is approaching, or as they're looking through the house is when the episode ends. But, because that's, like, really cutting it short, I kind of dove in a little bit to the next episode. What? But I didn't watch the next episode. You it was, like, one scene. You did not tell me I needed to watch I didn't the realize one that until now. the next episode. Oh, in your notes? Yeah. Okay. It's just a little peek into the beginning of episode eight. All right, spoiler it for me. Let's go. It's not really that spoilery. It's, it's got to be. I haven't seen it yet. Donna and James are searching Jacoby's place for Laura's missing tape. Uh, Donna presses a button and they're very freaked out because music starts playing. And Donna goes, I just hit a button. It's like, cool. And they just keep pressing it and different music is playing. It's very silly. Okay. Um, maybe you shouldn't be hitting buttons when you're breaking into someone's house. Just probably an, not. Just an idea. It's a probably yeah. It's probably a safe idea. Yeah. Was she wearing gloves? I don't remember. She's going down. <laughs> yes, Andy Brennan's gonna take her down. Fingerprints, evidence. They find the neck, the other half of the BFF necklace, and the tape from when Laura died. So their mission was a success. Okay. At least, Jacoby, however, is less successful. He doesn't make it to Laura. Said he gets knocked out by the heavily breathing masked man. Okay. And that's it. See? All this. They left me with a cliffhanger and you just wrecked it for I'm me. I'm sorry. It was like three minutes <laughs> of Jeez. the next episode. God. I swear. It seemed it seemed too short to just leave it at that. It, well, it was a forty two minute yeah. episode. It was a weird way to cut up the scene because it didn't feel complete. So I wanted to complete it for everyone. I wonder what the commercials were like back then. I'm sure you could find out. I probably could. Do I want to? Probably not. Yeah. Do you have any questions? No, I think I asked them all 
Yeah. During my thing. Made my funnies. Good. I don't really have any questions either. Well, I would think you wouldn't because you I know meticulously everything. broke this whole thing down into various posts on your blog. Uh-huh. Because Twin Peaks is one of my, my children. Yeah. It is a precious. But I'm very proud of you for recording your Black Lodge voice. Oh, yes. I thought that was very cool. Have we heard the Black Lodge stuff yet? Yeah, it's in episode point? three. It is okay. I thought it was but early on. I didn't want to, so I thought about starting with that one, but I didn't want to because there's not really any doppelganger stuff, and it's really hard to explain the Black Lodge without more background info, like right. later from later episodes. Okay. Because it's just weird in episode it's just, three. It's just like, yeah, it's just Cooper and Laura sitting in the room. And, is and the it, man from the other place. So I don't think we know it's a Black Lodge at this point. We're assuming no. it's him dreaming. We only, yeah, it's just a dream. Cooper goes to sleep and he has this dream. And the man from the other, the man from another place, um, or also known as the arm, okay, is uh, talking to him and about that gum you like is coming back in style and various other quotes and like she's my. She's my cousin, but doesn't she look exactly like Laura Palmer? Like, he says that, and then Maddie comes the next episode, which I thought was a fun little twist. Ooh. And Laura says something like, I feel like I know her, but sometimes my arms bend back. And that I will interpret as the fact that when she was being, like, murdered, her arms were pulled back. Okay. Um, Not the various times she was obviously arrested for drug running, <laughs> prostitution charges, sex, um, work. sex worker. Yeah, sorry. Well, you know, it's the '90s. We didn't call uh, it then, then. But I apologize. She was never arrested because sex everybody thought charges. she was such a good person. Or okay, doing all these things does not make you a bad person. They thought she was an innocent homecoming queen, is what they thought. Because there's this there's this time when Cooper finds the cocaine in her diary, and Harry's like. There's no way she's doing cocaine. And Cooper's like, oh, you sweet baby. <laughs> That's what they said about Sarah Michelle Geller in... Uh, Cruel Intentions. Cruel Intentions, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. That cross hides a lot of stuff. God, I love that movie. That's a good one. Well, I'm going to have to go back and... I mean, this show's hard to follow, which I think a lot of David Lynch stuff can be hard to follow. I suppose. Well, it makes you think. It does make you think. It's not something you can sit there and, you know look at your phone while watching no of course not i would say there there's a little bit of a dip in season two when david lynch left the show and it's not quite as good um there's still some fun things that are going on but it's just right. like it's just not the same i would say gotcha. um, he left the show because they made him reveal the killer sooner than he wanted to and he had a fit about it and he was not happy because he wanted it to be a mystery for a really long time right and, and it, as it turns out, when you reveal the killer, it kills the show. Because <laughs> isn't that the last season? Season two is the final season in its original airing. Yeah, but that wasn't really why. It was just because ABC's stupid and they cancel good things. But the whole show was about finding Laura Palmer's killer. Right. And, and that's then, why he didn't want it to be revealed. He wanted to reveal it in his own time because he likes to take his time with things. Right. As you will notice when you watch season three and there's this two-minute scene of a guy sweeping. See? perfect i and bet you there's like 70 bazillion clues in there yeah and like i was watching all this blu-ray features for the new season and there's just this great thing that he says that is just i think the only thing you need to know about david lynch is him going i don't fucking care how fucking long a scene is <laughs> <laughs> well there you go 
I'm like, yep. Thus the three minute sweeping scene. To green onions. Episode meow, seven meow. is forty eight minutes of somebody sweeping a floor. And Sounds there's, good. There's one bug that flies in front of the camera seventeen times. There's a clue behind that. And it will get revealed in episode three hundred and forty eight <laughs> of season twenty seven. Oh, I can't wait till you watch part eight of season three. <laughs> We should do an episode about that just so I can talk about it. We should. Even though it has nothing to do with this, but it's so good. So I think uh, this about wraps us up, yes? Yes, unless you want to listen to me talk about Twin Peaks for another six hours. <laughs> I don't I think people could. would uh, enjoy that long of a podcast because you sort of lose it. If you're like me, listening on the train, I don't listen. No, I drive. Listening in my car. Yeah. Really long podcast. Sorry. Are you saying you would get bored of me talking about Twin Peaks for six hours, Stephanie, Brad? I would never get bored of listening to you talk about Twin Peaks. <laughs> Thank you. That is the correct answer. I know. <laughs> My mommy taught me well. Um, anyway. So, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at CDoublePod. Oh, yes. You can email us at CDoublePodcast at gmail.com if you have a suggestion. Do not suggest multiplicity because it's already 3, been suggested. People have suggested that to me. We'll probably do it next week. Yep, so we have suggestions for uh, even though I love you all. For um, we have suggestions for uh, Battlestar Galactica already, and also the new Star Trek Discovery series. Mm-hmm. Which the suggestion that came to us made me realize that there were new episodes that I needed to watch. Good job. So thank you. You can lead those because I don't care about Star Trek, and I, don't oh, know I will about probably Star Trek. lead those. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, I am... Thank you for listening. Oh, sorry. Well, it's right. You have to do yours first. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week, or we'll we'll talk at you next week. Next Tuesday. I'm Stephanie Kretz. And I'm Bradford Barth. And this is Seeing Double. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.